Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Book Journeys Radio. My name is Angela Loria. I am the creator of the author incubator and of the different process for writing a book that matters. And I am very excited today on the show. We have Michael Malkush. He is the author of Nothing Good Comes from a Bus, Wipe Away Excuses. So, Michael, thanks for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about your book. Sure. Thank thank you so much for having me, Angela. This is really a, a pleasure. And uh, I'm very excited because um, my book, Nothing Good Comes from a Butt, which is about the excuses that people make, and everybody makes so many more excuses than they realize. And it's holding people back from really achieving their goals and their dreams in life. Uh, it's a big obstacle, and my book will be coming out next month. Uh, so that's why it's exciting. When did, you, I, when did you start the process of writing your book? I was a school teacher for 30 years, and I always wanted to write a book. I retired uh, about two and a half years ago, and I had started writing my book shortly after that. So it really and, took me. And so when was that? Yeah, how long was the whole process? It, it, took, it took about two and a half years, but I only did it when I felt like it. I was under no pressure mm-hmm. to write a book. I had to be in the right mood, and I would say it took me uh, probably about a year to actually write the first manuscript of it. Wow. So it's an interesting it's an interesting timeline because a lot of people are uh, in a rush to get their book out, but I wonder what was the experience like because you were doing it when you wanted to. Do you feel like uh, it was a more pleasurable experience for you because you weren't rushing yourself, or how did you make that decision? Yeah, it was very pleasurable. I did most of my writing in the morning, I wake up early, so I usually get up about anywhere between 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock at the latest. And that's when I just feel energized and I have a lot of creative thoughts going through me. And I used to sit down and write for about three hours, um, and I might do it for a couple of days, then I might not do it for a little while. And then it would come back, and I'd really start moving forward with it. Sometimes I would write two weeks straight and then put it aside a little bit. Um, But I did, after a full year, I had something that I was pretty thrilled with and I was pretty happy with. And, uh, And then from there, I actually got the interest of an agent, which in itself was uh you know, I feel like I, I really uh, did well. Uh, a lot of people don't reach that level at that point. Right. And how did you find an agent? It was through networking. Uh, it was through somebody that I knew that had recommended somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I and met you were with the sending, person. Were you sending a proposal? And a lot of people don't understand how 
this process can take a long time because first, before you can find a publisher, you need to find an agent. To find an agent, you usually, most people, uh, do a proposal. And then once the yes. agent likes you and sees the proposal, they then want you to redo your proposal completely for them to send the publisher. So you end up doing, you know, a lot of steps in addition to writing a book. How does that work uh, in your Absolutely. Well, I I cut some corners because, as I said, I I did know somebody. So I was very lucky that I uh, I was a phone call away from meeting in an agent's office. I had a uh, a manuscript of my book that was sent to him prior to my meeting there. He read the first five chapters of it, and he really liked what he had uh, he read, and uh, we had a chance to meet. And uh, it's it started out as a wonderful experience. I will say, my agent never got me a publisher. Mm-hmm. So he and that ended happened. up. Yeah, and what was yeah. Your so even even though I had the agent, did you have to give him? I'm sorry. What was, what was that? What was your commitment to your agent? Well, my commitment was a full year. And that's why the process took as long as it did. He uh, he took it to different uh, publishers. He offered me the feedback, and any feedback, I made the changes. So that was really a great learning experience for me. Uh, I heard probably the same thing that most authors hear. Um, what's your platform? How big is your mm-hmm. platform? Do you, uh, first-time author, I don't know, Um, do you have a radio or a TV show or anything, you know, and before you know it, um, it was, you know, the the rejection that came. Uh, There were a few things, though, with each rejection that I was able to make changes, and I I thought that that just kept making the book stronger. So, uh, you know, like I said, I I was very patient in the, the writing. Uh, but then at the end, I just saw where I was kind of like stuck, but I was involved in a contract that I had to let ride out before I could go out and self-publish. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I was asking. So how long was that time? How long were you obligated before you could self-publish? It, I had a year contract. A year. and and it Yeah, and then from there, it was probably the last four months where nothing was really being done and I I just waited it out at the advice of my attorney. He said, Look, you got a few mm-hmm. months, um, no sense, you know, yes, we can get you out of it. You know, uh, it's not worth the investment. Yeah, yeah. So uh so anyway, uh it ended in December and um now gonna have a, a published book in about two weeks. Yeah, it's fantastic, but I just want to spend a little time on the whole agent thing because a lot of people that imagine themselves as authors and they imagine themselves, I don't know, on the New York Times bestseller list or in a Barnes & Noble or in an airport bookstore, they immediately dismiss self-publishing and think about getting an agent and wanting a contract with a traditional publisher because they think that's the best way to get their dreams to come true. And that can be the case, although it's a little bit like winning the lottery, and the more likely thing is that you lose 
a, a good year, if not a year and a half of momentum. Yes, and you, you and you lose your control too. More important. If you, more importantly, right? If uh, if if a publisher accepted or signed, uh, you know, your book, they they have all the rights after that. Like I was telling you earlier, I uh, I had to make a few changes in my cover. Um, a publisher could say, I don't even like your cover idea. We're going to change it on you. Um, you know, when it was a concept that I, I just, in my head, I had a title first, and that's another thing that I think is interesting, and your listeners and other writers, you know, they always wonder, how are you getting started? Where do you start? And I, I had this, what I thought was a great title for people with excuses, and I wanted to write the book with that, and I had a concept of what the cover art should look like. And that's, to me, the creativity and the excitement now that that's fun. it's yes, coming out. That's creating something. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's it's been a process. I did have a uh, an interesting uh, part of the journey, and I had taken a course, um, and it was actually uh, Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup uh, from the Soul series. Um, he was one of the uh, the people who was teaching a a course that I took for three months, and it was called Bestseller Blueprint. And oh, okay. And it was great. And I I had an opportunity to talk to him one night. We were doing a, a tele. He was doing a teleseminar, and I had told him. I I said, Jack, I I have an agent. I uh, I've gotten rejected a half a dozen times in the past six months, and uh, and I told him a little background, and I wanted to get his input. And what he told me was, if you've only gotten rejected six times in six months, your agent's not doing a good job. Get rid of them. Wow, that was worth its weight in gold right there. That was that was my turning point. Wow. Yeah, huh. to have somebody you know who sold over six six hundred million books give me advice like that, and he went on to tell me that when he did his first book, he was rejected a hundred and sixty times. Wow! And that was with ch- the chicken soup for the soul, you know. So he goes up on the But you made a decision not to not to stick around and get rejected a hundred and sixty times because you could you definitely could have gone that route. And I probably would have still been getting the rejections, waiting for it, but I I realized that self-publishing is not what it used to be. Mm -hmm. Years ago, you know, you hear of people who self-published, and all of a sudden they have 5,000 books sitting in their garage in boxes. And it's not like that. Now, Now they print on demand for you. So there's there's different companies, and if somebody places an order or if I want a certain amount, I'll be able to order it and not have to have this large amount to get my best pricing on a book anymore. Technology right. has really changed. And so, and so technology was part of the reason you decided to self-publish. What were some of the other reasons you decided to self-publish? I realized as I became more knowledgeable that I 
I started meeting more and more people who are self-published, and they shared their success stories with me. And I, I just realized that, hey, I could do this. I could, I could get out there. So I'm, you know, I, I've been learning all the social media stuff and building up my platform. And uh, I'm actually having a book launch where I, I have like a big event scheduled uh, coming up in May. Wow. So if you were to go back to two and a half years ago and start this whole process over, um, what would you do differently? What do you wish you knew two and a half years ago? Well, I think one of the things is how long the process takes, um, just so that I, I, I would know that, you know, because I was gung-ho, even though I worked at my own pace, I would have thought by now I would have had my second book complete. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And, and it, you know, here it is. It's just going, but it's it, it's so much better than it was. Um, but I, I, would, I would wish I knew that um, what seems like, uh, you know, a couple of hundred pages, it doesn't sound like a lot, but really to have it, have it tight and how many times it's been edited and how many people I had proofed for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just, we finally got it. And it was like, okay, enough now. I don't want to make any changes. I, I like the way it is. So I, I think uh, I, I, I would. I wish somebody would have told me um, how much work it actually is to go from that first uh, day that you start writing a book until you get it published, and not only that, but the other things that go with it. And um, and I, I wish I had some of the uh, the knowledge of the social media before I started the mm-hmm. book. I didn't realize how so important that, when you, that is. Let me ask this question. When you started writing your book, what percentage of the process of being an author did you think that writing was going to be? And then what percentage is actually writing the book, actually? Well, I I thought that um, writing the book was going to be close to 100%, then I was going to have a publisher take care of, care of everything after that with the marketing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I would say 95% because I knew that I would, if I had it, I would still have to be out there to do appearances and to to take care of things. But I, uh, I was very naive with that. And mm-hmm. now that I look at it, I think writing the book is probably 30% of it. And I think that there's 70% more work that I'm going to have ahead of me. Um, But I'm also looking to um, branch out. I'm starting to uh, do some coaching and speaking. And um, I have a lot of. Which is part of being an author. Absolutely. I think having that. That is part of being an author. So here's the thing I want everyone to um, 
I want everyone to kind of pay attention to and key in on is like most of the people listening to the show, no matter what you're hearing, no matter what people are telling you, you have an idea that writing your book is going to be 95% of what you do, and you are going to find someone, you're going to hire someone, you're going to meet someone. Somehow you're not going to be doing the marketing, the promotion, the publishing. You're going to have a publisher who does everything other than writing and maybe showing up for readings and signings. And, you know, Mike was like you, and many of the authors we talked to on here were like you. And now he's finding that he has to be a social media expert, a speaker, a coach, a uh, publisher. Um, And he's wearing a variety of hats, and writing is now not 100%, but 30%. And, you know, and and that's what he's guessing of, of the act of being an author. So being an author means something a little different than being a writer. If Mike wanted to write a book that didn't make a difference in the world, that didn't change lives, he could sit at home and he could write. And he could write a hundred books. And he could stack up the manuscripts in the corner on his desk and write the next book. But what I hear from Mike is that he wants to change the world. He wants to make a difference. He wants to share his ideas. Um, he's pretty committed to people not making excuses, and so he is not. He's holding himself to that same standard. And he's not making any excuses, and he's saying, oh, if being an author that makes a difference means there's more I have to do than I thought, well, let me learn how to do it. And I think that's a pretty powerful story that most people don't hear. Most people stop listening when they get rejected from a publisher and they go, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be, and um, I guess that's I guess that's uh, nothing good from come from a bus, right? That's that's it. You have to be tough skinned. I'll tell you that in uh, in the business, and uh, and you can't make the excuses. You can't be saying, but all the time, over and over again, you have to just keep moving forward. You can't get stuck if somebody says, "I don't like your book." Because there's somebody else out there that's going to say, I love your book. And I think a lot of people are very sensitive when they create something. uh, But you have to be realistic. And uh, you really explained it so nicely to your listeners, uh, the whole process. And that's really the way it is. Now, without making excuses, you could have given this up. You could have been like, this is way too hard. It's not what I was up for. Um, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to, I don't know, open a grocery store. So for some reason you decided, even though this was different than you thought it would be, you've decided to stick with this journey, and I'm wondering why. I guess that's that's me. If I start something and I say that it's a goal that I have, I want to see it through. And if there's obstacles in there, and I think that's the way life is in general, you're always going to have these bumps in the road. And for your own personal growth and my own growth in writing, I wasn't going to give up on this. And if there was if there was something that came up and it just said, well, I got a rejection letter, okay, let me make it better. I looked at it as, well, Maybe they're right. Maybe there is something that needs some improvement there. If I didn't have the way to do the marketing for it, oh, let me it, learn. What is it, Jack? What is it that Jack Nancy on said? Breakfast, 
feedback is the breakfast of champions. Yeah, absolutely. I love that quote. That's one of my favorites. Absolutely. So, you know what? You know what other quote that I, I thought of a lot too is um, Wayne Gretzky, the the hockey uh, player. Um, he said, "You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take." And this is my first shot at at a book, and if I didn't complete it and get it out there, I would never know. It would just be uh, it would be an and idea. What's the what's the dream? What is success look like? What does my dream look like? What is success yeah, what, with it? Yeah, what that, was, if this book was super successful, what would that look like to you? It would be me getting out and helping people, as many people as I can, improve their lives. And that would be the because of the book. The book will be um, my business card to helping other people through workshops that I'll be doing, uh, different speaking engagements that I'll have, and just follow up in different ways with the people. I'm, I'm actually creating a um, another website that's going to parallel the book, and it's uh, it's going to go chapter by chapter, and I'm going to have guest speakers that are coming on that I'll be doing some interviews with, and I'm going to have the, the experts, uh, several of them for each chapter, because... I, I realize in a book that uh, you really could get a lot out of it, but there, there's probably going to be a lot of people that even want to get more out of it. So that's that's what I'm working on. That's that's the next part of it. So you want to make a difference in people's lives. You want to teach people how to stop making excuses. Why is yes. that important to you? Well, I, I was, uh, as I mentioned earlier, a public school teacher for 30 years. And that's what I do best is help people, teach people. And because I retired from public school, I didn't want to not continue, but I just wanted to do it in a different way. And that's where I saw that the book is going to be helpful for that. And it's me fulfilling what I feel is my purpose now uh, and what I should be doing. And... um I know that you've been working on this for a while, so I don't know if this is a fair question, but in the experiences you've had to date, your book isn't out, but I know that you have been presenting yourself as an author for some amount of time. So I'm wondering, are there any concrete kind of before and after stories you can tell about being an author that some opportunity or something that's happened in your life because you have a book coming out that maybe wouldn't have happened otherwise? Uh, yes. A, a lot of the people that I've been meeting, I have been to um, quite a few different events. I have been invited to different events. I uh, I had opportunities um, to, talk, to talk to people, and I am building up. A, uh, a tremendous network of other people with great experiences. And if I didn't have a book, I really wouldn't be meeting these people. Mm-hmm. So for, for me, it's it's like, it's so exciting because these, these are people that some of them might have seven books out and other people are where I am, where they're just waiting to get published. And, and I'm just, I'm enjoying that so much as far as meeting wow. the different people. Um, and the other part is I've been out. 
I've been out. I, I have a workshop that I do, and it's a um, it's called Stop Making Excuses and Do It. And it's it's just great to be out and talk to people and and listen to them and actually be there for a couple hours and be able to present what I have learned since uh, since I got really into uh, education and uh, you know I've worked with thousands of students and uh, you know it's kind of funny but I've heard all the excuses all the buts while I was teaching and yeah, the, old, the dog ate my paper the dog ate my is that that's the oldest one right but uh, <laughs> and here I am I'm saying but uh, actually I never heard that one but it is funny and there was other things, though, uh, and this is where the, the actual title came in. I had students, one day, they were all just coming in late for some reason, and I'm, I'm there, you know, why are you late to class? But, Mr. Malakush, you don't realize how crowded the halls are. Or, But, Mr. Malakush, it's, um, you don't realize what it's like to be a teenager, you know? Like, what does that mean? Well, we have mm-hmm. to talk to people on the way, got to get a bite to eat while we pass the cafeteria. Yeah. You know, but there were so many, all these different buts, and I knew with this title. So just jokingly, I, I finally, after about the fifth one, I said, you know, nothing good comes from a butt. And my whole class just, they went silent, and then they burst out, like, simultaneously laughing. And it was like, wow. I, I, after that, I said, yep, that's going to be the title of my book. Wow. That is a great story. That's a great story. And I love, we kind of segued into that, but I love how you talked about the opportunities that come from being an author and um there are events that you'll go to and things that you'll do and opportunities that you'll have as an author that it's not because authors are better than school teachers. It's just, you know, you get opportunities. As soon as you say you're an author, there are, there are opportunities that wouldn't be there. And it's an interesting, you know, I think it's an interesting dynamic because it's something that you claim. You don't have to get, you know, picked or hired. The minute you claim your status as an author, the world sort of starts to open up for you and opportunities come in where you can grow your platform, where you can grow your influence in the world, and then hopefully meet your goal of, of making a bigger difference in the world and helping helping people, in your case, uh, get rid of their excuses, which can be a challenge. Absolutely. So this is perfect. This is a this is a perfect book topic to ask this question about. So a lot of people that listen to the show, a lot of people that I work with, their issue is they wanted a book for a long time, often since they were kids, and their challenge is that somehow they haven't gotten around to it, and they're not even sure how. Like they scheduled it, but they somehow didn't make the appointments, they didn't sit down and write it, they couldn't pick their topic, and there's a lot of shame and guilt about not getting it done that seems to feed on itself, and then they feel guilty that they haven't done it, and that doesn't make you want to sit down and do it, 
and they're in this loop. So that is the most common excuse that I hear. I just I want to get it done, but I can't seem to get it done. So yeah, I am yeah. wondering what what advice as the as the no bus guy, nothing good comes from a bus guy. <laughs> what advice would you give to those authors about why they're not writing their books and how they can get it done? Well, I think they're looking at the big picture, like this big book, and they're getting overwhelmed. And if they could break it down into smaller pieces, um, if they thought of a book as I could write one page a day, after a year you could have a book with you know 365 pages to it. You know you could even take breaks in there and still come up with a full book and have uh, more than enough pages. Or if you look at it and say, I'm going to do a chapter a week or a chapter every two weeks. And that way it's broken down instead of this big mess of how do, how do I do it? I think that's one strategy that could, uh, that could definitely work. And I think any time you have to do a big project, if you just break it down into smaller projects, it's more doable. And I know you've talked about conferences and events and, you know, working with people on your book. Is that something that has helped you get past your excuses? It has. It has. I uh, I have taken different workshops along the way, um, and uh, I, I really think that uh, if you – Take some of the uh, the right ones, and you could build up your own network with other other authors. Uh, you could motivate each other, also. That's and, wonderful. Uh, yeah, yeah, it would really it would really be good. You know, it's funny when you mention some of the things that uh, being an author um, opportunities for me. If I wasn't an author, I wouldn't be on your show today. Well, yeah, that there just, you go. Uh, that, that, I think that so shows everybody, you know, show. just something I never thought of. But here I am, I'm talking to you and your listeners because of nothing good comes from a buck. Excellent. Well, we will be back next week on Book Journeys Radio talking to another author and always teaching our listeners how together we can change the world one book at a time. So thanks for being with us. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.